Our scripture this morning comes from the book of 1 John, chapter 2, verses 15 through 29. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had really belonged to us, they would have remained with us, but their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears, we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we pray for Pastor Mike as he comes this morning to speak your words. We know, Lord, that your Holy Spirit promises to make the words that are spoken accomplish what you have purposed them to do. So we ask today, Lord, that our hearts and ears would be open, that we would receive the truth that comes to us today by you through your servant, Pastor Mike. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. So glad to see all of you here this morning, and I do want to make a little bit of a pitch here. Um, We are taking pictures for a pictorial directory right now, so if you haven't had yours taken, we hope that you will get yours taken. I know that Keith spent the week or part of his week going out to 27 people's homes that couldn't get here to get their pictures and take their pictures, so they'll be included. So since you've proven you can be here, otherwise we send them to your house. In Jesus' name. (laughs) We'd love for you to come back tonight. I know you've heard a little bit about it, but we have a Haiti presentation at 7 o'clock tonight. It's going to be a little bit different, really uh, excited. It's supposed to be about 52 minutes long. tells you about what we did uh, this, this week, and so we hope you'll come back right here in this sanctuary. I preached in two Haiti congregational pulpits two weeks ago. Very different, <clears throat> pardon me, very different from the one I'm standing in right now. 
One was uh, in the evening was at a church that you collectively paid for. And by the way, when you say you're from Marion there, they like it very much. And in the morning, I preached at another church that uh, was just uh, at best, um, well, our cars park in something better than this church's structure was, but not better than the spirit was. But you could literally through, see through the outside, and at one point, a couple of the boys put their hand on the wall, and the wall went out. Uh, so that, that, that kind of thing. But I, but I started both of my sermons, both Sunday morning and Sunday evening, with this. We are very, very different. They're looking at me. I'm looking at them. We're very different, I say. My skin is very light. And the sun is hard on my skin, the sun of Haiti. Your skin is very dark, and the sun of Haiti does not affect your skin. Your eyes are dark and pure and beautiful. My eyes are light, so I have to cover them when I go outside. You are not cold in Haiti. In Iowa, we are often cold. You speak Creole. I speak English. We're very different. Very, very different. And then I said, and we're exactly the same. You have a family, I have a family. You worry about whether you'll have enough to provide for your family. I worry about whether I'll have enough to provide for my family. I worry about if my children will be okay as I age. And you worry about if your children will be okay if they age. And, and. We have this thing that brings us together, this thing that brings us to this moment now, and it's our life orientation, and we find it in the scripture where it says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Whether you live in Haiti or France or the USA or Russia or Antarctica or anywhere else in the world, we believe that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever that is for us all. Amen? In Haiti, they say it too. Amen. And our life orientation then leads us towards a decision. And as Pastor Keith said a few weeks ago, we have this device up here that, that Vicky's made for us, which we appreciate very much, that really shows you that in a lot of ways, a, a lot of places along our lives, we are in a this or a that situation. We have to make choices throughout our lives. And today, we're going to go to a base choice, a life orientation choice. We're going to, to ask the simple question, that our life orientation asks us the question, are we going to run after the transitory with our lives, the things that come and go, or are we going to pursue the permanent in our lives? Just a few moments ago, you sang the orientation of the Christian. Do you remember it? You, you sang these words, where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. Where he leads me, I will follow. I'll go with him. I'll go with him. All the way. Not a little bit of the way. Not halfway. I'll go with him all the way. Now, it may not always appear to this when you roll up on a Sunday morning that Keith and Mike and others have spent a lot of time preparing this, but we picked this response that all four of our services are going, regardless of what their their normal bass music is, 
so that they can sing the truth of what our life orientation is, which is to say, I'll go with him, with him all the way. Because orientation, you see, is a direction. You have chosen a direction, and our direction that we're in, in, admonishing you to choose and that Christians choose is to go with him all the way. So this is a very simplistic communion message. If you came for something deep and great and, and, and a theological pearl, you're not going to get it today because it's going to be simple. And if you go out of here not understanding what the preacher was talking, it means you didn't listen to any of the sentences that he said. Because the question is simply this. Is that your orientation? Will you go with him? With him? All the way. The caution to the Christian person is that living in the pursuit of the transient, it's exciting. It's natural. And, of course, it's short-sighted. I have a friend who loves, he's a meat guy. He believes that all of his food should have had a face at one time or another. (laughs) Grossed a few of you out all the way right there. But one day we were driving up to a restaurant in Manchester that we heard had a porterhouse steak. And as we were driving up there, our spouse is with us. He said to me, you know, Mike, I am spending my entire life in pursuit of the perfect porterhouse steak. And he told me about several of the steaks he'd had over the years. And I said, well, that seems, Scott, a little bit short-sighted. He says, obviously, but I can attain it. But here's the thing. The transients, you know, when he had that great big 20, 20 ounces of meat up there in Manchester... Now, I don't know what time it came about the next day, but I'm pretty sure he ate again. I've seen him. I'm sure he ate again. The thing with a transient need, with a physical need, with an emotional need, is that they have to be redone. They have to be refilled. They have to to come around again. Transient needs come and, and, and go And they need to be repeated, which is why in the scriptures, Keith read a moment ago, it says this in 1 John chapter 2, 17, as an admonition. And this world is fading away, and along with it, everything people crave. So everything you crave, me, you, and everybody that came before us and is coming after us, it, it all goes away. But anyone who does what God pleases will live forever. That's a life orientation question. Are you spending your life living short, pursuing the things you can get your hands on, the things you crave, or living long towards the things that are permanent and eternal? Have you ever said the expression or said the sentence, nothing lasts forever? I got to tell you, last week in Haiti when I asked that question, they actually respond when you ask, the preacher asks a question. I ask a question here, sometimes I'm like, hello, hello, let me try it again. Have you ever said the expression, nothing lasts forever? Oh, there we go. I knew you were here, I could hear you. Because it's true. Nothing lasts forever. Look at what it says in Psalm 39, verse 5. You have made my life longer, 
no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. My generation had a song. It's out of scriptures. Everything is dust in the wind. Comes and it goes. Nothing lasts forever. You want me to prove it? When I was a kid, when some of you were kids, your parents told you to never leave home without a nickel or a dime. Why? You find me one of these right now. They used to have one at Walgreens. got knocked off the wall three times. They quit putting them up. There are no pay phones around. It came and went. Check out this next picture. How many of you got one of those? All you Rockwell engineers did, you liars. You all had Palm Pilots. You were writing stuff. on. This is the greatest thing. It was going to be able to calendar you forever. I had one, used it for 10 years. Can't find it now. It came and it went. All right, let's really get hardcore. Men, take a look at this picture. You sold some of these, didn't you, Erwin Renfer? You, you, you sold some of these. You wish you hadn't, but you did. That came and went. Let me show you another picture. This is a place called Machu Picchu in Peru, a once great city. For over 500 years, it's looked like that. It was the center of the Inca Empire came and it went take a look at this map where's Czechoslovakia it came and it went take a look at this next picture this picture is of a place called Giada Falls right there in the in the bottom part of the picture Giada Falls during its life which was of course millions of years every single day it pushed twice as much water per second over it than Niagara Falls it was the biggest water, by volume, the biggest waterfall in the world. doesn't exist anymore. They put a dam. It's in the bottom of the lake now. Just God. Nothing lasts forever. One more picture. How, how many of you had this? You wrote in somebody's yearbook on the last day of your senior year, we'll be friends forever. And even with Facebook, you have no idea where they're at. Nothing lasts forever. The popular narrative changes. It changes from generation to generation. It's always transitory. It's always moving along. It's not popular if it's standing still. And the popularity, the popular narrative of whatever day you live in or I live in is based not on what is right, but what's unpopular. And what's popular is based on what feels good to the largest mass of people. Again, it doesn't have anything to do with what's right. It has to do with with what people are interested in, what what they're making noise about. And scriptures tell us to be careful. 1 Corinthians 7, 31, it says, Those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them. For the world as we know it will soon pass away. Are you getting the idea that there's a lot of transitory in our world? There's a lot of transitory... Now, don't misunderstand me, and don't go home and tell people I said something I didn't say. It is not wrong to want the things of this world. It is not wrong to want the things of this world. 
It's not wrong to want to eat, to want to drink, to want to sleep, to want to accumulate things, to engage in behaviors, sexual behaviors, all those kind of things. What becomes wrong is when these things become our orientation, when they become the only thing that we pursue on. on. Because these things have such a strong pull on them. Our natural desires have such a strong pull on us, that, and our natural a- appetites will eventually tempt us to satisfy them in ways that are sinful. That's the biblical concern, that we'll start wanting to satisfy them in, in ways that aren't holy. It, it's, <clears throat> that's to say that when we're pursuing our natural desires, when we're pursuing the things uh, of this, this world only, we often... Because we're sinners, use people as objects. Or we turn them into the object of our desire. Or we use them as a pawn in our strategy to get what we want in the moment, and that is sin. See, the narrative of the world, the narrative of the culture that you and I live in is follow your own heart. Whatever is right is right for you. Whatever is true is true for you. But the narrative of eternity is I will follow him I will follow him I will follow him all the way all the way and so of course I I, I want to remind us that your great grandmother told you the world was going to heck in a handbasket right right So, so this is not a new note the apostle Paul tells this to us The Apostle John tells us this. So let's just hold on. Because at some level it feels like that the Christian church is saying, the world is bad, the world is bad, the world is bad, and we're just railing against the world. And you have non-Christian friends that will come to you, and I've had them come to me and say, hold on. You believe in God? Yes. Who made the world? God. Okay, why is it wrong? Why is the world bad? You keep saying the things of the world are bad if God made it. Why are they bad? Why do you Christians seem to be standing there in the front yard of the church like an old man saying, get off my lawn, culture. Get off my lawn, world. Well, it's like this. Let me, let me share something. That, that in Scripture, when the word world comes up in, in quotes, that's often shorthand for the fact that the total of humanity is in bondage to sin. So when we say the world, we're not talking about all of the things that, that we enjoy that we can, be, can be used for the glory of God. We're talking about those things that, 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 that take us away from God. Our nature is to pursue what we want. One of the very first words you learned in I word was mine, 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 mine. We want to get and grab hold of the things we want. But what we want passes away. I cannot tell you how badly I wanted a 1971 AMC Gremlin. You had similar wants. <laughs> now, now I get a response. All right, all right. But, but what we've wanted through our lives has changed and it's passed away. It, it comes and it goes. And that, because we're so fickle, because we, we, our desires come and go, the loving God, Jesus Christ, 
incarnates. He incarnates as the second person of the Trinity and comes to live on earth to give us a window past the transitory to the eternal, to show us what the eternal God is actually like, what the eternal life is. And he comes to reconcile us with the future that we can have. He, he comes to make it, to make it right. In, in 2 Corinthians, it says this, For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Now, I'm not an accountant, but I have had to pay a few over the years. And when accountants reconcile things, what they're doing is they're matching them up. They're matching things up. They're making the numbers match each other. So when Christ comes as the Lord incarnate, he comes to match eternity with humanity. He comes in hopes that we will match with it and become part of it. And his incarnation includes a sacrifice that calls us to orient our lives to the eternity, to to reconcile our lives to the eternity that he is. Now look what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It leads us to this. Don't copy the behavior of the world and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Caution 8.30 service. I've had more people than a few in this one in our earliest service say, Pastor Mike, I am too old to sin and lust after things. You are liars. You don't mean to be. But you are never too old to sin. And you are never too, too old to pursue lustfully after things or people. So this is for you. This is for you in the places that you are. This is for you in the place to go. Don't let this fall to the youth group. Don't let this fall only to the 945 service and the young people at 11. This is for all of us. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. Reads different when you think it's about you, doesn't it? By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It's saying change your orientation. Put your direction in his. Put your direction in your life towards the permanent. Now, all of that to share with you this encouragement. This morning, the encouragement to the Christian is to use your life to pursue the permanent. To go with him, with him, all the way. And what does that mean specifically? Specifically. I think that Paul gives a good model in Colossians 1, chapter, uh, verse 10 and, and through 12. Let, let me share with this and, and use this to take us towards the sacrament of Holy Communion. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every good fruit. All the while you will grow as you come to know and learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. So let me, let me take four words out of this scripture or phrases and talk about the life that pursues the permanent. There's more to it, but I'm just going to give you a primer today. The life 
that pursues the permanent bears fruit. The purpose of fruit is to bear fruit. Fruit is not born for the tree. Okay? The tree is the church. You get that? The fruit is born, that's you, for the world. To give hope to the world. To reproduce yourself. To make more fruit for the world. Take Christian values into the world. Fruit is not for the tree. Fruit is for the one who can receive it. Secondly, the life that pursues the permanent grows and knows God better and better. A lot of churches spend a lot of time trying to know about God. And and that's an admirable pursuit. And we have a lot of classes that help us know that, but I want to make sure we don't stop about knowing about God. It's important for us to know God, and there is a difference. There's a huge difference because knowing about God is information. And the last thing I want is to build a church that grows smarter and smarter people in biblical knowledge, grows smarter and smarter people knowing more about God who are still going to hell faster. That is not what we're supposed to be about. A relationship that grows is one in which you are acquainted with each other. You get to know God. You speak to God. God listens to you. You listen to him. I said earlier today, I said, you know, I knew of Keith Nestor for 15 years. I knew who he was. I could pick him out on the stage. I could say that's the guy that plays the drums or speaks or whatever. He's a youth minister and all that kind of stuff. But we didn't know each other that well, and he could have probably picked me out of a lineup somewhere. So that's Mike Morgan. He's a pastor somewhere, all that kind of stuff. But until I called him and we started sitting down and having a relationship that's give and take back and forth, not just seen at afar, you can't just see God on a stage. You've got to get to know him a little bit. Then we had a relationship. Now I don't just know about Keith Nestor. I know Keith Nestor. He's my friend, my pastor. The same is, is true with us, with the, with the Lord, in, in much greater things. We have to be in pursuit of a relationship. You can't just sit hoping you'll know about God. You have to go after a relationship with God. And fortunately for you, Scriptures tell us, you want to be in a relationship with God? Go to prayer. You want to be in a relationship with God? Dig into the Scriptures. Listen to what it says to you. But don't just know more about God. And don't go to classes that will just teach you more about God. Learn more about God, but know Him as well. Third, the life that pursues the eternal patiently endures during troubling times. When you have a strengthened relationship with God, no matter what kind of mudstorm is coming down on your head, no matter what kind of Things like those that Vicky named in the prayers, which can go everything from diagnosis to, f- to formal financial problems to other things, no matter what's coming at you, you have strength because you know God is in control. And the one thing that the God that's in charge of the permanent will tell you is this, that no matter what befalls us in this world, though mountains might shake, though rivers might rise, the everlasting is everlasting to everlasting. And he will rise you up and better days are ahead. Rejoice. Better days are ahead. Now, when you're in the middle of it, that's hard. But when you're in the middle of it is when you need to remind yourself most frequently and with greatest stress, God, you have this. I will never forget the day when one of our former staff persons 
made the point about that stained glass window over there, which I love very much. I never thought of it this way after looking at it for many years. He says, Jesus is just simply raising his finger, saying to you and me, I got this. I've got this. I love that. It just absolutely slayed my spirit because I thought that's exactly right. No matter what comes of us, Jesus says to us, I'm in control. It might be bad for a while, but better days, all of your days, your eternal days are better. And the life that pursues the permanent lives gratefully. Why should we live gratefully? Because we need to recognize that we get what we don't deserve. When you receive an inheritance, it's something that you didn't earn. It's someone that something someone else has accumulated that they want to give you. And our salvation is not something that, that we earn. We need to recognize that we don't deserve any of the blessings that we receive, but we must live gratefully, <clears throat> understanding and seeing with clarity how great God is, how magnificent and wonderful our great God is. And so when we come to Holy Communion in just a few minutes' time, Understand this, that Holy Communion is the celebration of the permanent. It's a celebration of the permanent. You know, you're going to get a taste of bread and a taste of juice, but the tastes are temporary. They'll go away when you take a sip of coffee or, or taste a sprinkled donut down, downstairs or when you join Kenny out at Hy-Vee out there for eggs. Just go away. Had to do it, brother. But it's transient. You taste it just for a few moments. It goes away. But our redemption does not. The the very thing that it means, the very thing that it means doesn't pass away. And what it means is shown to us in Hebrews chapter 13, 8, where it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That no matter where you go, no matter what your aptitude is, as long as your orientation, as long as your orientation is, I will follow him, follow him all the way. I'll go with him all the way. Then your Christ will not leave you no matter what. And your eternity... It's not based in something that might blow by. It's based in who he is. The one that is before all time and past all time. The firstborn from the dead. The only one that was not created. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise him with all you have.